Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hi, everybody. This week's episode is a release from our Patreon vault. This episode was originally released in July 2021, and we are now taking it out from behind a paywall and sharing it with the world. And we hope that you like it. And we hope that you had a nice holiday weekend. And we will be back next week with a regular episode. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy. And you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. everyone welcome to too scary didn't watch bonus episode number two for the month of july <laughs> Ooh, baby here we are we've arrived and you guys helped us pick our bonus episode for this second bonus episode of july <laughs> and <laughs> we were doing a little theme of creatures and monsters threw a little poll up on the patreon and you picked the mist which is an Excellent choice. Woo! And I'm very excited to talk about it. I'm very excited to hear about it. What do you know about it, Emily? Almost nothing. Like maybe Great. literally nothing. Great. Creatures are involved, I would imagine. That's a safe safe to say. And there's a lot of mist. <laughs> <laughs> I love fog. How do you feel about fog, Sammy? Um, I also love fog. I Love most weather other than wind. If it's too windy, yes, I hate wind. I don't like it. I hate wind. Wow, it gets stuff in your blown in your face, and your hair just gets all blown around, and it's like dr- the air is really dry, and sometimes it makes your ears hurt. I hate wind. Um, but I like mist. I like fog. Um, it's I like how like moody it is, and often if 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 it's misty and foggy, it's like very calm outside and mm-hmm, i mm-hmm. imagine that's not totally the case in what i'm about to hear but yeah i was gonna say I positive if... associations with mist yeah we'll <laughs> see if that remains the case uh-huh. post hearing about this movie uh-huh. gotta say that this is one of jenna's favorite <gasps> movies Wow. She has been trying to get us to do this one for a long time. So she's very thrilled that we're doing it now. So thank you to everybody for picking it from Jenna. XO from Jenna. XO, <laughs> Jenna. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know when it came out. I don't know who's in it. Is it Stephen King? No. Yes? No. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let me tell you about it. It came out in 2007. It is written and directed by Frank Darabont based on a novella by Stephen King. Oh, a novella. A novella. I always What does a novella laugh. by King mean? Like still 400 pages? <laughs> yeah. Just like a regular book. <laughs> yeah. Just a um, regular book where the font is like so small you need a magnifying glass. Yeah. No, it's a novella. It's a novella. Look how small mm-hmm, it is. Mm-hmm, teeny tiny. 
Um, it is starring Thomas Jane of <laughs> D- Deep Blue Sea fame, Marsha Gay Harden, Lori Holden, Andre Brower, Toby Jones, William Sadler, Jeffrey DeMunn, and Francis Sternhagen. It's a pretty good cast, and everyone's yeah. pretty good in it. I mean... Did you say what year it came out? Sorry. Two- 2007. Oh, oh, that's more recent than I thought. Yeah. I thought this was like 90s. Yeah, I kind of did too, but 2007. Okay. Frank Darabont is the guy that did The Walking Dead. Oh, okay. The Walking Dead. I feel like I put the emphasis. The Walking Dead? On the wrong part there. (laughs) And so a lot of this cast is will return and uh, collaborate with him again in The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead. That's cool. The Walking Dead. (laughs) The Walking Dead. And it is available to rent right now for three ninety nine most places and three eighty on Amazon. What? <laughs> so if you want a little discount, save nineteen cents, baby. Thanks, Jeff. He did one good thing. <laughs> yeah, he did one good thing. <laughs> he cut off nineteen cents on the price of the mist. <laughs> Uh, some trivia for us. Stephen King says that he was genuinely frightened by this ab- adaptation of his novella, and Frank Darabont described that as the happiest moment of his career. That's got to be pretty fun, I guess. Being yeah. like, I turned your thing into something that scared you. I would love to scare Stephen King. Me too. Let's, <laughs> let's find out where it. he lives. <laughs> yeah, like, what I mean is I just want to spook him. <laughs> let's go spook Stephen King. <laughs> During an action scene in the film, a man runs into a wire-rotating bookshelf in the grocery store, and if you look carefully, you can clearly see that all the books on the shelf are written by Stephen King. Kind of fun. (gasps) That is fun. And this is the third film that Frank Darabont has adapted from Stephen King's work. The other two are The Shawshank Redemption and The Green Mile. So, first horror one, I would say. Yeah, I... is this very stupid of me that I didn't know that those were Stephen King? Um, no, it, it it is weird that he's also written some completely non-horror things. He also wrote Stand By Me, I believe. Holy shit. Yeah. He wow, has, I thought he literally only did horror. Mm-mm. He, he does some more drama. And uh, Green Mile, at least, has some supernatural elements, but... Mm-hmm. Don't think the other two do, but yeah, I've he's... never seen any of those. Which <laughs> is pretty crazy. To admit. I would say, see Stand by Me if you're going to see any of them. <gasps> Not Shawshank. I think Shawshank's a little overrated, personally. <laughs> but I saw it much late, I, later in life, and also later just, in life. <laughs> it's just for me. I just I've I've never wanted to put myself. I'm just like, do I want to? Do I want to inhabit that world? I don't know that I do. I know that it will be emotional and uplifting and blah, blah, but sometimes I'm like, I just don't want to feel all that. Yeah, I really like The Green Mile. I'd say that would be my second one, but I haven't seen wow, that. Wow, in- folks, you heard it here first. Sammy <laughs> hates Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> I don't know why. I just didn't I, I didn't like it that much. I mean, oh I my liked God, it, I love but I'm it. like, I love it. I won't be seeing it again. <laughs> wow unless someone like really sits me down and is like you must have really missed it the first time you watched it and you have to watch it again have to watch it that maybe interesting but i feel like once was enough for me wow 
Oh, and then, yeah, so Jeffrey DeMunn, Melissa McBride, Lori Holden, Juan Gabriel Pereja, Sherry Dvorak, Sam Witwer, and Tiffany Morgan are all actors that are in this that then will appear in The Walking Dead. Cool. Thomas Jane was the first actor that Frank Darabont sent the script to. I imagine he was a huge Deep Blue Sea fan. Mm. And he also wanted Thomas Jane to play Rick Grimes on The Walking Dead. Whoa! I guess I could see it. Why not? I wonder why he said no. That's like a huge role that he must have turned down. Yeah, man. If he said no, he's regretting it. I bet he's kicking himself for that. Cause, um, yeah. I gotta look at what Thomas Jane looks like right now. Oh, I could see. Yeah, I could see it. Um, I haven't seen The Walking Dead, to be fair, but I, he's got that that. Um, you know what I mean. Andrew Lincoln has just, I mean, you know, when someone is the character, it becomes hard to picture someone else as the character. So I feel like yeah. Andrew Lincoln is a very good Rick Grimes, but I fell off The Walking Dead. I watched the first few seasons and it just keeps going and going. <laughs> oh, Andrew Lincoln. I like his face. like i was about to be like he's hot and he is but what i really actually mean is i just i like his face okay you know what i mean i do some people have like faces that are just nice to look at his face is pleasing to my eyes (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm sorry this is not relevant to (laughs) i'm looking up andrew lincoln did you know that his birth name is not andrew lincoln and tell, do, do you know what his birth name is? Tell me. <laughs> I can even say it. It's not that funny, but it just really shocked me. <laughs> his name is Andrew James. <laughs> Andrew James Clutterbuck. <laughs> Clutterbuck. You keep it Clutterbuck, huh? How is the last name Clutterbuck? What is that? That's He's very British. Funny. You Clutterbuck. Clutterbuck. How do you Clutter- say that? Clutterbuck. 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 <laughs> Clutterbuck. Andrew Clutterbuck. Andrew Clutterbuck. Wow. I w- oh, my God. That really shocked me. I'm sorry. I just saw the word Clutterbuck in it. Just look at it written sometime. Just look, like, write that word down and then look at it, and it's crazy looking. <laughs> 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 I love to learn. Okay. Back to this movie. Yes, so Thomas Jane sat in for the editing process because he was interested to learn about it. And as an editor, that just really stresses me out. I hate people watching yeah, me edit oh my more God. than anything. It's- Especially when you're watching someone edit yourself. Like, you're, yeah. you're obviously going to have opinions about, like, oh, no, use this one. Or, like, oh, yeah. you know, like, that's... Yeah, but I guess Thomas Jane was about to embark on his directorial debut. And so he wanted to learn the process. And the editors said that he was a, a delight to have in the editing room. So I guess he wasn't a, a a dick about it, which would be pretty crazy. But it'd be crazy to request to be in the room and then make it awful for everyone. <laughs> Anyways, um, and this just made me laugh. This is Frank Darabont's shortest film to date, or at least whenever this trivia was written. I don't know. Maybe he's had a shorter one since then. But this movie is two hours and nine minutes long. So, Oh, buddy, you got to do shorter. That's not, you can't. <laughs> this you being can't. the shortest one. But I guess it makes sense that Shawshank and Green Mile are, are also are very long. That That rings a bell. Right. Yeah. That also is probably why I've always just been like, no. It's yep. so much to ask. It, it, it's so much. If you're over two hours and 15 minutes, I'm like almost never going to watch yeah. your movie because I have to start early enough that it's like, 
I'm not going to start a three hour movie at nine o'clock. That's madness. That's insane. That's why you're never going to watch Magnolia. It's so long. Oh, God. But I got to see that tiny ponytail. It. I mean, Tom Cruise is magnificent in it. But it is one that I had on VHS, and it was a, a two VHS movie. <laughs> <gasps> now, that being said, I have seen the extended editions of Lord of the Rings more than once. So what the fuck am I talking about? But yeah, you know, just a different kind of vibe. It's also. different when it's like fantasy action. Yeah. I think we should skip the trailer <gasps> because I think going into this blind is going to be more fun. Ooh, okay, that's fun. Let's do it. I'm, like, very blind, too. It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big-budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet, so you get a box of the market's best quality wines however often you'd like for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. So let's fucking, let's fucking go. This is going to be good. Okay, so we start with our protagonist, Thomas Jane. His character's name is David, and we see him in a room in his house painting movie posters there's like a painting of the thing movie poster he's painting something that i think is some reference to another stephen king book as a little tongue-in-cheek thing but uh 
So we uh, learn that he's a painter and then a storm rolls in. A big storm starts lightning and thundering outside and his wife and son run into the room with him and they all together go down into the basement or kind of like uh, like a tornado shelter type thing and to and stay there till the storm passes next morning they come back up and a big tree has crashed through the window of that front room that he was painting in and it like crashed right through his painting so his painting is like broken in half and he kind of says to his wife uh that he's gonna have to extend the deadline for the commission so he's like creating these posters for people and he's like ah oh, they're just they're gonna get impatient and just whip it up in photoshop or something like that i can't remember what he says but it's just funny to me that he like paints these very intricate movie posters as a job that it never really is mentioned again <laughs> i love the jobs of protagonists in movies mm-hmm. specifically i feel like horror movies is like Maybe one person ever has had that job. Like one person literally (laughs) ever has had enough money from painting commissioned movie posters to make a living off of it. But like, honestly, maybe not even. Yeah. Yeah. It's just also very funny when it has no purpose to the plot. Like there's no reason. Yeah. You could have given him a very normal job. But so. They say that the tree that crashed in into their house is the tree that they had been asking their neighbor to cut down for a while that had been kind of like looking like it was maybe going to fall down. And so David says, I'm going to go talk to him, get his insurance. His wife says, you know, don't start a fight. You know how he gets. And he's like, I'm not going to start a fight. Just going to get his insurance. And he does. He goes very he's like very nice to the neighbor. The uh, neighbor is uh, Andre Brower, and we quickly learn that he's like a very litigious. He was a either a judge or a lawyer, and he's very much they're like treading lightly with him because he, apparently he loves to sue people. And they're like, "Well, your <laughs> your tree crashed into our house. Like, can we just get your insurance?" And the neighbor, he's pretty nice about it. Uh, I can't remember his name. You can just call him Andre Brower. I'll call him Andre Brower. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of assessing the damage everywhere. His house is fucked up too, and um, they have a boathouse that has also been completely like sm- smashed. And they're just kind of assessing the pr- the property. And David says he's got to go into town to get some tools to start fixing things up. And Andre Brower says that he he'd like to tag along. He needs stuff too, and they bring. David's son Billy and they all drive into town to head to the like town grocery store and this is in Maine this is mm. near where all of Stephen King's things are are set in the f- fictional town of Castle Rock but I think this is actually just outside of Castle Rock it's like an even smaller town and as they're driving to the grocery store they pass uh, a bunch of army trucks heading the other direction, like military vehicles with f- a bunch of soldiers all decked out and kind of are just like, hmm, wonder what's going on with them. Never a good sign. <laughs> and Andre Brower says something like, oh, uh, 
one of the women I one of the women at the laundromat the other day said they've got some crashed flying saucer down there at the base and alien frozen alien bodies and they all laugh like haha crazy lady and <laughs> stupid laundry bitch <laughs> and then they arrive at the grocery store and they and there's a, a lot of characters in this movie so I'll try okay. to try to differentiate them enough and I'm going to gloss over some that don't matter so much. So we've got the a cashier named Sally. She's young and pretty and she's their uh apparently babysitter. He walks in and says, "Hey Sally, uh Sarah and I that's his wife. I've just made up her name. I think it might be Sarah, but might not." <laughs> um and she's like, "Sarah and I wanted to go on a date uh later this week. Could you watch Billy?" And she's like, "Yeah, no problem." So we're getting small town vibes like everyone knows each other and we see Ollie is the assistant manager of the store and him and David are also kind of uh, friends like they are friendly with each other. They know each other. Uh, this is Toby Jones. And as he, he's kind of bagging groceries and they're walking past him, a woman named Mrs. Carmody walks in and kind of makes some snide comment about I, I don't know. She's just in a bad mood and kind of being rude to people. This is Marsha Gay Harden. And Ollie and David kind of give each other a knowing look like this is the town kind of bitchy lady. <laughs> or the lady that we all kind of uh, avoid. The town bitch. <laughs> the town bitch. <laughs> oh, God. The town bitch just walked in. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and then three military guys come in and they're kind of whispering to themselves, saying, you know, the bus leaves in 30 minutes. We got to hurry, get what we need and hurry. So we're getting the impression that the military kind of knows something that's going on that other people are not in the know about. Mm. Uh, we meet Mrs. Repler, who is an older woman that's very nice to David and Billy, just another kind of friend from town. And there's also a lot of out-of-towners in the grocery store. The grocery store is pr pretty full. It's probably 80, 80 or so people. And as they're all kind of at the checkout lines, a bunch of cop cars and fire trucks start speeding by. With the alarms going off, Billy says, Dad, is his mom okay? What's going on? David's trying to calm Billy down, like, it's fine, it's fine. And then the outdoor emergency alarm starts going off that, like, uh, have you did have you ever been in a place that has that? Yes. Not never quite so scary as that. The only the closest thing I can think of is the like lightning alarm. Like uh growing up in South Florida, sometimes we would get the like lightning is really nearby alarm for like anybody who's in their pools or yeah, like yeah. um that's the but never like like I associate that sound with like a, at least from movies with like a tornado is coming. Mm -hmm. That scares the shit out of me. Every time there'd be the lightning one, you'd mainly just be, at least for me, you'd be like, oh, man, fun's over. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. Gotta go inside. Not like you might die. Right. Yeah. They had this alarm in San Francisco and they would run a test of the emergency outdoor alert system Ooh, every for, week. For like being in a big city. Yeah. And I, and uh, I remember that it was just, week? it was every week. It was all the time. That's crazy. 
then you'll never believe it when it happens. Uh, well, it would say it would say it would have like also a voice on a loudspeaker mm-hmm. saying this is a test of the emergency outdoor alarm system or whatever. Jesus. But just in watching this, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that those exist because they definitely don't have that here in L.A. Or at least if they do, they're saving it for when it counts. <laughs> yeah. How would they even in this like. Where would it have to come from? I mean, they do it on our phones now, I guess. Different, That's true. But, you know, I, I feel like lately we've gotten a lot of... Um, Emergency alerts via cell phone alert. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Scary sound. It's a scary sound. Uh, and then a man runs in. His name is Dan. And he runs in. He's got a bloody nose and some blood on his shirt. And he's screaming, there's something in the mist, something in the mist. It got. It took John Lee. And as he gets in, he starts saying, like, close the doors, close the doors, and everyone seems like whether they were like, what's this guy's deal? A little everyone's confused. And then we Is see this a person we like know another town local or no. Uh, I think so. Yes, I think okay. David knows him. But everyone's kind of looking outside so this like a, you know, uh in this grocery store, the whole front of the grocery store is glass, so you can see out everywhere. It's just like you can see the full outside. So they're all looking in the in that direction, and we see mist rolling in, and there are people outside kind of pushing their shopping carts to their cars, and as it moves past them and they are kind of disappear into the mist... You see the people inside the grocery store looking and like in anticipation of what's going to happen. And then you do hear screams and just screaming outside. And so everyone just kind of freaks out, closes the doors and the mist rolls in completely, making it so that they can't see anything outside of the (laughs) front of the store. And they're all looking at each other, wondering what the fuck is going on. And then the whole building starts shaking like a big earthquake type thing and it's knocking things off shelves. People are falling over and screaming and then uh, it stops and a woman stands up and says, "Um, I can't stay here. I've got to get home to my kids like I just left my kids while I ran to the store. I need to get home. And uh, Ollie is kind of taking a little bit of charge in the store and says, ma'am, I think we should stay here. Uh, Like Dan said, something might be in the mist. I think until we have a little bit more information, we should all just stay here just to be safe. And this woman's like, no, I can't. She's crying. She's like, you don't like my kids are alone. Like I can't leave my kids. And she turns to everyone and says, won't somebody help? see me home like isn't anybody going to help me get home to my children and nobody volunteers and she kind of looks uh shocked and upset and she's like okay well i'm going and they open the door she tiptoes out and just kind of disappears into the mist and we don't hear anything but everyone's just looking after her kind of okay well hope she's okay (laughs) that's such a crazy ass to be like i'm gonna go out anybody gonna come with me no what you you don't have to do this it is crazy it's like lady we don't like i get that you got to be with your kids but people in this store have kids too like yeah i don't gotta go with you yeah yeah agreed so someone else that's in this store is a woman named amanda 
who I think that it seems like David has kind of a, a flirtation with, but he also is like very clear about how much he loves his wife all the time. So I don't know. Maybe they're just friends, but she's an attractive woman his age. Mm. And she kind of, kind of getting like a small group forming and she's kind of joining the group, kind of also trying to calm Billy down. And now Mrs. Carmody, Marsha Gay Harden, starts saying to everyone, it's judgment day. And she's it's like she's a kind of religious fanatic. And she's like, it's here. Judgment day's here. We need to all start settling our bets and get ready to meet our maker like this is it. And we're all kind of rolling our eyes at her. And David says, you know, any out of towners should know that. This is the crazy bitch in town. <laughs> this is the town bitch. He didn't this know. is the town bitch. He doesn't say that. He says, in like, case you were wondering. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he does kind of say, you know, take what she's saying with the grain of salt. She's always like this. And town bitch. <laughs> uh, so the generator has gone off or something like power's gone off. So a couple, uh, a couple people go to the back of the store. There's the garage loading area that has that kind of metal roll down garage door, and they figure out that something's blocking the vent of the generator that is only accessible outside. And Thomas Jane is the first one to go into this garage and he's there by himself. And there's something, something slowly starts banging on the metal garage door and pushing it in with a good amount of force. Like it looks like a big thing. And he gets scared, kind of steps backward out of the garage and goes to a group of guys that's it's Ollie and the store manager, Ollie's the assistant manager, the manager, and then these two guys in kind of work jumpsuits. I can't remember their names, but I th they're just people that were in the store that are kind of helping to take charge. And David runs out to this group and says, there's something in the garage. Something, did you guys hear that noise? Sounds like something big is out there. And they're all kind of, Ollie looks like he's taking him a little bit seriously, but the other guys are kind of like, kind of like come on, man, like it's... It, there's nothing which is like mm, come on me like i think <laughs> i think we can all agree that something is a little off uh but so they the five of them go into inspect and then a young cashier like teenage boy cashier comes in too and is kind of trying to act tough and also making fun of david and he's like oh yeah it's fine and just a lot of male energy of like mm. we're not scared this is fine and david's starting to kind of freak out more and more and ollie is more on his side than the other guy's side and he's saying like maybe we should listen to david and the teen teen kid says you know i'll go outside it's not a big deal open up the gate enough that i can fit out there i'll go clear the the grate that's the vent and the two guys in jumpsuits and the store manager are like great um yeah let's do that great let's let the kid go <laughs> and david is again trying to get him to stop saying no 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 don't go they press it to open the garage about two feet enough for him to be able to slide under the mist starts creeping in in this it looks cool i mean mist is creepy like it's like haunted house mm -hmm. mist just moving real yeah. slow the fog of just like 
it looks spooky and it it rolls in a bit and they're all kind of watching as expecting is something going to happen and then the nothing does and the two guys in jumpsuit works work suits are start laughing like see there's nothing to worry about and just then a big ass tentacle reaches under the garage door and grabs the teenage kid by the ankle because he's closest to the door because he was like about to go out grabs him david jumps to grab a hold of him so he doesn't get pulled out and so david is holding him from the top this tentacle is pulling him from the bottom this is a big tentacle and it has like spikes in it too it's like a tentacle with teeth spiky teeth it's very nasty and the kid is screaming in pain like these spikes are stabbing into him as it's trying to pull him out and then as he's in kind of a tug of war with this monster thing we see a couple other tentacles creeping in on other sides tugger war tug tug of war i think i did say tugger but tug of (laughs) is what i meant (laughs) tug of war tug of war i think it's tug of war it is a weird phrase i thought tug o war but that would be of yeah tug of war tug of war not tug whatever it is it's not tugger that's that's it's wrong a, it's not a tugger war <laughs> this is the best tugger let's find out i mean it should be a tugger war tugger war kind of makes more sense <laughs> every every single podcast i feel like lately you're just in real time listening to our brains disintegrate like i like don't know how to say or do anything anymore um okay great so mm-hmm. So more in a tug or war. More tentacles are coming in from different. Are there enough tentacles that it seems like they're from probably different creatures or more from the same? We don't. I know. think it's w- from one, but it's okay. a big creature. Okay. So they're kind of slithering in, like they're exploring the space, and everyone is not jumping in to help David. David's the only only one that's trying to save this kid. Everyone else looks completely shocked and are basically frozen in fear. And we see the tentacle that's on the kid pull off and it pulls off a huge chunk of skin with it, like a circular chunk, like it's suctioned off a circle of skin or something. Ew. It's very gross. And then that same part of its tentacle slams down on the kid's chest so it's that you know it's gonna like pull that same thing off of his chest and it does it rips it off again and it's just taking like circles of flesh off of his body Ew! and he's screaming in pain and david's and he's getting pulled further and further out as this is happening and then another tentacle grabs him and starts pulling him and david's really trying to get him free ollie breaks the safety glass on an axe that's in the garage there we go and as he holds it back or pulls it back as he's about to throw it down the tentacle gets the better of uh the he's the better tugger (laughs) (laughs) and david loses grip and so the kid starts sliding down as the axe is coming down and it's just a stressful moment and the kid gets pulled far enough that the axe just hits the ground but it's like pretty close to hitting him right in the face and uh the kid 
grabs onto the garage door and is clinging on, trying to pull back in. Again, David, God bless him, runs to try to grab him again, even though there's a lot of tentacles now, and I don't think I would be running closer towards them. Um, but David does one last time, and then a huge tentacle that's kind of different than the other tentacles comes in. Uh, uh, mommy tentacle. It's a mama tentacle. And... It looks like there's no spiky part on it. It's like just um, smooth on all edges. And it kind of looks as if it's smelling things like this is the head, maybe or something. And it sniffs around and finds a bag of dog food. And then, <laughs> and then as it gets the dog food, it opens up and we see it does have the same spiky teeth thing and a lot more of them. It just looks very bad. <laughs> and it pops open this bag of dog food, starts eating that. And the two guys that were laughing at David earlier are now like pressing at the garage door thing, try to close the door. And the door starts closing and we see the teenage kid just gets pulled away. He loses his grip. David loses him and he gets pulled away, screaming, disappears into the mist. And as the garage door is closing, all the tentacles pull out except for the main big one, which gets almost all the way out. But David grabs the axe and is able to cut a chunk of it off like a two foot chunk of tentacle and then the okay. the gate closes and we see this tentacle kind of react like <laughs> and then kind of get go motionless then oh jim is the name of the guy who was the biggest dick about this whole thing to david who was kind of laughing at him and Jim now has just this very shocked look on his face. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How was I supposed to know? How how would I know? And David just starts beating the shit out of him. And he's like, I fucking told you. I told you. Like, he's like, well, the kid wanted to go. He wanted to go. And he's like, kids are supposed to be stupid. You're not supposed to be stupid. You're the adult. And like, I was telling you this. And you like, now I have this kid's blood all over me because of fucking you. Um, and so they're all standing there and kind of huffing and puffing of this crazy thing that's just happened. And David says, we can't tell anybody just yet. We need to get a little bit more information that we don't want to cause a panic. Like nobody say anything yet. And so they go back into the main part of the grocery store and <laughs> Ollie and Jim and the other guy immediately go and grab a grab beers off the shelf and start drinking beer, which I think is pretty funny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're just like, Ooh. God, have a beer. That'll help. And David starts saying, who do we think we should tell? Like, who can help the most? Um, they're basically kind of thinking through each person's story, like, who would be the best person to have on our side to kind of bring this information to? And they decide Andre Brower would be a good one. And his name is Brent. I have it written here. So they decide they're going to tell Brent. They pull him over. And he's basically like, how stupid do you think I am? Like, I'm there's I don't I don't believe you. Like, that's crazy. And he's like, he says, David says, we got a piece of the tentacle in the garage. You can go look at it. See for yourself. Don't take our word for it. He's like, I'm not doing that. We need to be focusing on getting out of here. 
there's more important things to do. I'm not playing into this little joke you guys are playing on me right now. Like, I feel, excuse me, I have to go figure out how to get out of here. And walks back towards the front of the store. Ollie points out that the whole front of the store is glass and those big tentacles could easily break through that glass once they figure that out. And Brent is trying, then starts trying to gather people to leave, saying our best, our, you know, we're sitting ducks here. Our only chance of rescue is if we go out and get it ourselves. Like if a group of us leave, we have a better chance. David's trying to discourage this. And in, in, uh, like a last ditch effort to stop people from going out. He's like, okay, we saw, we saw a bunch of tentacles <laughs> in the garage, uh, killed the cashier kid. Uh, you guys can't go out there. And again, they're all laughing at him. Like that's, this can't be true. And again, he says, come with me, come look at the tentacle. And they take a like, small group of them and go and look at the tentacle Someone touches it with the back of a broomstick and it it reacts again as if it like comes back to life again for one last little scare. And then it shrivels up and kind of turns into mist, like a black oil and mist coming off of it. And so then they come out and they're like, OK, we have we do have a bit of a situation here. Um, And they start basically barricading themselves in and piling up bags of dog food and fertilizer in front of the glass windows. But we know it likes dog food. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Don't make dog food more accessible. (laughs) I guess maybe eat the dog food, not us, but we already know what it likes to eat. It's true. Then we cut to Miss Carmody in the bathroom praying. She's lit herself a candle. She's praying. She's saying... You know, let me preach your word. Let me shine your light on me and I can save them. They can't all be bad. Some of them must be open to your teachings. And uh, her performance in this is really, really good. She is giving it Oscar worthy. She's giving it her all here. Uh, This Mm. scene, I was just like, damn, Marsha Gay Harden is really fucking. She's not phoning this one in. And at this moment, Amanda walks in and says she has to use the bathroom. Miss Carmody, Miss Carmody looks like annoyed that she's just had her prayer interrupted and kind of gets up to leave. And Amanda says to her, you know, if you if you need anything, I know we're all under a lot of stress right now. This is a really scary situation. If you need a friend, I'm here for you. And Mrs. Carmody says, when I need a friend like you, I'll squat down and shit one out. <laughs> Very Christ-like. I know. Very Christ-like. Um, and it just reminded me, because this line is included. Did you ever watch that YouTube compla- compilation of greatest movie insults? I don't I don't remember why I've, I've seen this. Basically, it's just a, a bunch of different movie insults edited together. It's and, a really good one. And this one's in it. And so I remember it from that. And another one that was in it that we've also seen was in Sleepaway Camp. Eat shit and die, Ricky. Eat shit and Eat, live, shit and Bill. Live, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Reminded me of that. That's really good. So... Then Brent is, again, trying to be the rationalist, saying we've got to get out of here. Mrs. Carmody now is is arguing with him as well, saying this is God's will. There's no escaping it. And she says the good book calls for blood. Uh, the cashier kid was first. Now the bill is due. 
as Abraham prepared to sacrifice his only son to prove his love for God. And she's just like preaching and and getting really intense. And as she's doing this, Amanda just slaps her in the face and Mrs. Carmody grabs her face in shock and looks and there's a little bit of blood coming from her mouth and she presses her finger against the blood and she says another down payment another penny in the jar (laughs) Uh. (laughs) like she is just ooh, drinking the kool-aid it is she is a scary person to be trapped in this situation with Mm -hmm. i I would say i wouldn't love to be in there with somebody who's like well time for blood sacrifices blood (laughs) blood to god yeah i'd be like God, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mil- we see the three military guys huddled together, and Billy goes up to them, asking them if they can call their friends to come and save us. They say, you know, our cell- the cell phones phones aren't working. I guess, yeah, so we had cell phones in 2007. Their phones aren't working, mm-hmm. and they can't get in contact with them. Uh, Billy's just, like, very stressed. Billy, I'd say, he looks actually a little older than eight, probably ten. Uh, okay. I was going to ask. And so David's, you know, holding him, comforting him and says, it's okay. Like, we're going to get out of here. It's going to be fine. Billy's saying, is mommy okay? Like, how do we know mommy's not okay? And uh, he's like, starts crying. I'm sorry for when I was, uh, when I was bad, when I didn't do my chores or whatever. Like, it's sad. He's very stressed. And uh, kind of the core group of Ollie and David and Amanda, uh, store manager, are huddled together again, trying to form some sort of a plan. Someone asks, "Does do you sell guns in the store? Do we? Ha- is there weapons that we have?" He says, "No, we don't sell guns." And Amanda pulls a handgun from her her bag and says, "Like my husband gave me this for for self defense. Like I hate carrying it on me, but I have this with." Two full rounds of bullets, so 12 bullets total. Just for self-defense. Oh, and another line that made me laugh in here, when he asks if the store sells guns, he says, no, this isn't Los Angeles, <laughs> which made me laugh, because we also don't sell guns here. We don't sell guns in our grocery stores, no. We don't. Brent has, meanwhile, gathered a group of people who have agreed to his plan of going out to seek rescue. And it's a group of about six of them. He's like, we're going out. Don't try to convince us otherwise. And David says, okay, like, I'm, we're not going to stop you, but will you tie this rope around your waist so we oh, can love this shit. see how, how, make sure you get far enough. Brent won't do it, but another guy volunteers and says, I'll do it. And I'm not, I'm not going with this, like this group to seek rescue, but I'll go out to get, um, I also have a gun in my car of a shotgun that could be useful. So I'll go out and get that. It's like 300 feet away. And I'll tie that to my... Ooh, we're going to get some frayed <laughs> rope back in our hands. And so, yeah, they tie the gun, uh, tie the rope around his waist. And as, as he's about to walk out, he turns to Mrs. Carmody and says, by the way, I believe in God, too. I just don't think he's a bloodthirsty asshole. Which I liked that line. Yeah. So he goes out... And there's uh, three or four of them kind of letting the rope go further and further, kind of uh, releasing it as he walks. And then as he gets far enough, the rope starts whipping real fast and you get that thing where it slices their palms because it 
moves too fast and they're trying to grab down to stop it and david grabs like a shirt to wrap around the rope so he stops it stops cutting his hands and they're eventually able or the the rope eventually stops and then goes limp and they start pulling it back in and then as they get it further in it's covered in blood and they keep pulling it so their hands their their bloody hands are now just grabbing this bloody rope they were a little yeah, too I feel like I would chalk it up to a loss at the end of this rope <laughs> they're, they're like too too loosey goosey with this rope 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 with this rope <laughs> <laughs> and one of them after having held on to the bloody rope, then also puts his bloody hand over his mouth, like in a gasp, like, <gasps> and I'm like, stop putting, stop getting this guy's blood for everything. But anyway, so they pull it in far enough and we see at the end of the rope, just a lower half of a body. Ew. So his whole top half of the body is gone. Everyone inside starts screaming. Yeah. It's getting dark now. Mrs. Carmody is saying, like, when night approaches, that's when they'll the blood sacrifices will begin. That's when he'll take one. Take- They've begun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we get a sense in here that Sally and one of the military guys have some sort of personal romantic history. He comes up to her. He's like, how are you doing? And they're they're kind of look like they have some sort of history. And as it gets dark. They start turning on lights in the store, and as they turn on lights, they hear something outside, and a huge insect flies and lands on the window, the front glass of the store, and it's probably about two foot long fly looking thing. It's a huge flying insect, and then more of them start landing on the the front glass of the window because the light and ollie says they're attracted to the light turn off the light but yeah the store's a little too big and other other people on the other side of the store don't hear that and so it's jim actually who's turning on more and more lights in the store like turn these on turn these on these are like emergency lights type things so they're really bright and he's turning on more and more and as the people in the front of the store are looking very scared at these insects then we hear this screech and a bigger creature fly down to eat one of the insect bugs that looks it looks like a pterodactyl type thing. It's like a flying it's like a bird monster thing. And ah. and then these bird things start flying into the window to grab off the bugs. But just the impact of them, the the glass starts to crack. It starts sh- slowly breaking each time one of them flies into the window and eventually so there's all sorts of weird shit in this mm -hmm, mist mm -hmm. and eventually the uh, one of the panes of glass completely shatters leaving a big hole in the front of the store for things to fly in and first the little insects start flying in and oh uh amanda it has like a rake for defense and and hits one of them down with a rake and stomps on it and she's able to kill it and uh then one flies and lands on Sally and stings her in the neck like its little butt comes up and stings her and then it flies off 
and she grabs at her neck and falls to her knees and the military guy runs up like sally sally are you okay and she's clearly going into some sort of shock having some sort of reaction then we see one land on mrs carmody and she kind of freezes and looks at it and then just prays and says my life my life for you your will be done basically I trust, I trust you, God, do what you must do. And the bug kind of sniffs around her or whatever, and then flies off. And she's like, so validated now. Like, yes, God is on my side. I'm right about everything. And then we cut back to Sally's neck is now swollen up like a fucking watermelon. And she is dying of like anaphylactic shock or whatever. Is that what that's called? And uh, this military guy is basically at her side holding her hand while she dies and then she does she does die mm. Billy at this moment is being watched by another lady in the store um, as David and Ollie are kind of running around with sticks and little makeshift weapons that they're trying to kill these things with they've lit they've dipped mops in lighter fluid and nice. lit them and so they're lighting them on fire but then as one as one guy is running with a mop he knocks over the bucket of lighter fluid and falls Mm. into the lighter fluid dropping his own lit thing on him so he catches on fire and it's just mayhem inside the store the flying things are in here now uh they land on someone and uh basically rip this guy's throat out Um, Uh. it's bad and uh billy gets away from the woman that's watching him she kind of is trying to they're hiding in one of the aisles and he billy's like i gotta get like daddy where's daddy and runs into the uh like a, a middle walkway and there's one of the big bird monster things basically facing down to facing right at him like it's about to get him David walks into this same walkway at that moment and sees Ollie also walk behind this guy and Ollie has the gun and Ollie points the gun and David right at the last moment is able to grab Billy and jump into a different aisle so that Ollie can shoot the bird without also shooting them and is able to shoot and kill that one. Mm. I think that just they're eventually able to kill all of the um, creatures that got into the store, but with quite a few casualties on their end as well. Mm. And and there's still a big hole. And there's still a big hole. I think they probably try to put cardboard over it or something, but uh, things eventually calm down and they're able to regroup and assess what's happened. And they have the guy who caught himself on fire in uh, laid down in kind of the back, same back room area and he's not dead he's not dead but he is absolutely covered in third degree burns and he is saying where's the gun please kill me he's like you don't have to do it i'll kill myself like i've never felt such pain like please just kill me kill me kill me and they they won't Uh, they're like they're like no we uh there's a pharmacy next door we need to go get medical supplies and we can get um antibiotics and painkillers like you're gonna be okay Someone says, I think it's Ollie who says, you want to go, you want to leave, you want to go out, out there to go to the pharmacy. 
And he says, well, the pharmacy is the first stop. And then we need to start thinking about how we're actually going to get out of here because we have our own fucking Jim Jones in here. And that's like going to get worse. And we don't want to be in here. She's got a few people convinced Mrs. Carmody of her her nonsense. And we don't want to be here when she starts getting more people on her side. Like there's going to be basically there's going to be just as much danger in here as there is out there when she starts convincing people that blood sacrifices are the only thing that can save people. Yeah, that is not going to be good. Not going to be good. And this is where they have their big kind of moral talk. It's like very there's a lot of dialogue in this movie. And to I like I think it's it's mostly good. But this is like a, a little um, on the nose where mm-hmm. Amanda comes in and she says, I will not accept this. People are mostly like inherently basically good. And this very like talk of like people are good when there are rules and you can call 911. And when you take that away and people are scared, like the breakdown of society happens a lot faster than you think. So basically their plan is we all come home after a long day of work. And what's the first thing we do? We take off our bras because they are uncomfortable and constricting. And we're just ready to get out of them by the end of the day. Well, what if I told you that Skims has changed all that? Skims has done the impossible and created an underwire bra that I actually forget that I'm wearing. I didn't think anybody could do it. You guys obviously know how much I love Skims. I have tried many of their other products. I've never been disappointed, but I, yeah, just don't normally love an underwire bra. I prefer bralette, but I've loved everything else I've gotten so much that I thought, you know what? Why not try an underwire bra from Skims? Let's just see. And they did it. They did it, folks. They created my favorite underwire bra I've ever worn. I have the weightless scoop bra. It has this nice like mesh material that's supportive and comfortable, breathable, but still very sexy. And yeah, like I said, I I do genuinely forget that I'm wearing it. And that is very rare. I, you know, I'm a broken record over here. I love skims. I love skims. I'm sorry. That's just the, the cold hard truth. I will shout it from the rooftops. Because I want everybody to know. I want everybody to share in my joy and my comfort. So shop Skims Bras at skims.com. Now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75. And if you haven't yet, be sure to let them know that we sent you after you place your order. Select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. They're going to start by going to the pharmacy and then they're going to actually get the fuck out of there. As they're going to head to the pharmacy, they walk to the front of the store And Mrs. Carmody is standing there saying, you can't leave. You'll bring them right to us. And there's a few people now that are definitely following her line of thinking that are also saying you can't go. Tensions are escalating. People are screaming at each other. And then Mrs. Carmody is like really yelling. And Mrs. Repler, the older woman, throws a can of peas right at her head. (laughs) Looks like it really hurts. And (gasps) Mrs. Carmody is like, what the, like, you can't, you can't do that. And Mrs. Repler says, stoning people's fine. They do it in the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) 
That <laughs> made me laugh. And she said, basically, she, Mrs. Repler says, I've got plenty of cans of peas, so either shut your trap and let us leave, or <laughs> or I'm going to keep keep stoning you with cans of peas. And so they <laughs> they let them leave. It's a group of about eight or eight of them or so. It's Mrs. Repler, Amanda, uh, David, Ollie, uh, Jim, and oh, uh, uh, Dan, that guy that ran in in the beginning. And so they group together and head to the pharmacy. They've got the gun um, and some other makeshift weapons and they get into the pharmacy and it does. It looks creepy in there. The windows are all broken in there. So the mist is kind of in there, not super strong, like they can see everything fine, but it just looks a lot creepier. All the lights are off. It's creepier in there than it is in the grocery store for sure. Mm. They go into the pharmacy and or like hop the hop the little counter to get to the back where all the medications are. What time of I guess now it's nighttime, but it's interesting that there was nobody trapped in the pharmacy. Well, when the mist came in. Well, oh, <laughs> we don't know yet. <laughs> Have I asked the right questions? Mm-hmm. It, se- it seems empty now. Oh, but then as they're in there, they start hearing some rustling and like rattling almost almost like a rattlesnake and you see the ones closest to the noise hear it and start getting really unsettled david can't hear it he's a little further away and it's jim that's closest and jim says you guys let's hurry it up i hear something fucking weird (laughs) (laughs) so they get the medications they need they hop back over the counter then we see jim look up towards the ceiling and there is a person basically wrapped in uh like spider web like a cocoon <gasps> of web up on the corner of the uh, in the corner of the ceiling and i really love this part jim goes oh god oh no 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 oh god no <laughs> like he's just like so stressed but it really made me laugh i was like that's exactly it's exactly right you nailed it you oh god nailed oh, no. It. Oh, oh no 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 and he's backing away from it and he backs into another body wrapped in web that oh no 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 <laughs> that a little like spider claw pokes out of and pokes into jim uh, like a little stab with a little spider claw and he he whips around and looks at what has just stabbed him and it's another military guy not one of the ones that was in the grocery store but just another military person and the military person says to him he's still half alive basically cocooned and and still alive and he says i'm sorry i'm sorry and like a spider is like coming out of him and he's like i'm so sorry like i can feel it and i can feel them inside of me i can feel it this part's so fucking gross ew (laughs) and he's saying help me help me oh A web shoots out of him and David watches this web land on the ground and the webs are basically acid. It's burning into the ground, burning through the ground. And so then these webs start shooting and they all have to dodge the webs. And then we see the guy's face, the military guy who's wrapped in the in the web. We see his face start moving like little lumps in his face moving around. 
And then one bursts open and a spider crawls out of it. And one bursts on the other side, a spider crawls out of that. And spiders are just bursting out of his face. Ooh, it's so gross. And then we see a bigger spider, um, like on a shelf in aisle somewhere, jump out at one of the other guys that's there and land on its face like alien style and start killing him that way. Kills this guy with his acid webs and little fangs. Basically, just these spiders start popping up everywhere in this store. We see various bodies basically serving as like egg sacs. They're like laying eggs in humans. Ew, ew. And they're just like all being born. Yeah. And so, but there's some that are big that apparently the mommy spiders and then like tiny spiders, like hundreds of tiny spiders. And then as they're still like fighting these spiders, uh, the military guy gets knocked off the wall and falls forward and his whole chest cavity explodes and like thousands of tiny spiders run out oh my god it's so gross (laughs) it's horrible and we see one of the big ones coming for mrs repler and he was still like alive when that was happening (laughs) yeah and uh we see one of the big ones come for mrs repler and she grabs a lighter and some hairspray and does like a flamethrower and is able to kill one mrs repler is pretty cool damn then there's like a really big spider and they basically they've lost, I think, like two people to these spiders. They they regroup. They're like, get the fuck out of here. Someone hits a big the big spider with a broom and gets it out of the way for enough for them to run past it. They run back to the store, like screaming, banging on the door, like, let us in, let us in. They let them in and they made it back. But in the time that they have been gone, the man with the burns has died. So they're like, okay, well, we yeah need to start figuring out how to get the fuck out of here. And Mrs. Carmody has like a full congregation now. She has like 15 Dang. or 16 people with her that she has just been preaching to that are just nodding. And I mean, I guess like you'd be desperate for someone to like lead you and tell you what the answers are. Oh, my God. I was telling you how the other day I was getting too into Reddit and learning about the or reading about the psychology of QAnon and it's not dissimilar of how you just want someone to give you an answer to an easy answer yeah yeah rather than accepting that life is just scary (laughs) (laughs) and there's nothing you can do about it being alive is terrifying david and his his little crew are very much like okay it's time for us to it's time for us to leave yeah amanda says yeah i'd rather i'd rather die out out there trying than in here waiting um they go to the military guys because they after seeing the other military guy and the other thing saying i'm sorry they're kind of like okay well something's fucking going on somebody knows something they corner the guy who had a crush on sally or a history with Sally and are basically asking him what the fuck's going on. And after the uh, experience in the pharmacy, Jim, who uh, was in the pharmacy with them and was the one in the beginning who was not taking it seriously. And the reason that the kid got killed, he starts shifting to 
Mrs. Carmody's side oh, as well. Oh, no, Jim. And we see him come in and start kind of uh, nodding along with Mrs. Carmody's whatever she's preaching. He's like, yes, yes, this is right. I like this. Me and so Jim make was some weak. Sort of, we knew it. <laughs> make some sort of sense out of the spiders that just exploded out of <laughs> the man that I saw. Yeah, I mean, I guess I can't really blame him for wanting some <laughs> answers there. Ugh. So at first, David is just kind of interrogating the military guy. The military guy's crying. He's obviously had a fucking traumatizing day, too. And everybody has, I would say. Everybody has. And he's crying and he said, I'm, you know, that's not my clearance level. Like, I don't know what's happening. But the rumor was that there were other dimensions that they had discovered and they were trying to make a window to other dimensions. No. (laughs) And someone says, well, it seems like they made a fucking door. And. The guy's crying. He's saying, like, I had nothing to do with this. Like, I'm, I was just doing my job. Like, I'm just a sold, like a boost on the ground. So, like, I don't do any of that shit. Like, none of this was my doing. And uh, Jim overhears this happening and grabs the military guy and basically brings him to Mrs. Carmody <gasps> and no. says, it's it, this. Uh, oh, the, the military guy's name is Private Jessup. And he says, Private Jessup, like, this guy did this. He knows what's going on. He's the reason this is happening to us. And starts this big frenzy of people screaming, like angry at it, like Private Jessup is doing, like crying, like, no, no, like, I I didn't do anything. Like, I'm just like, I, this isn't, I don't really know what's going on either. Like, please, please, I don't know what's happening. And, oh no. And Mrs. Carmody's like saying, there's a Judas in our midst. We're being punished for going against the will of God. And she says, she's giving this whole big speech about how. Walking on the moon, stem cells, abortions. Only God has any right to do any of that. We're Only being punished. God gets to walk on the moon. <laughs> That's his play place. <laughs> and we're being punished for going against his will. And there's just mounting tension. Everyone's getting fucking crazy. And Jim just grabs a knife and starts stabbing Jessup. Stabbing no! him in the stomach over and over. Kills Jessup. David and Amanda and Ollie, like their jaws drop, like they are horrified, like, okay, we're in this stage now of fucking free for all. This is civilized society is no longer. Mrs. Carmody yells, feed him to the beast. And so they take, oh, he's like not quite dead yet. He's just like bleeding to death and they throw his body outside and we see one of the a new type of creature now that looks like a big like grasshopper type thing come and grab him and pull him away. We just hear his screams as he is taken away by another big beast. Jesus Christ. Big monster. And then Mrs. Carmody says, they'll leave us alone tonight because they've done their blood sacrifice now. So she tells them that it's safe for the nighttime. Sorry, but I can't wait for her to die. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she, so they, it's, it's nighttime now. People start laying down, quieting, like they're going to go to bed. David put, is putting Billy to bed and Billy's crying, saying, please don't let the monsters kill me. And he says, I promise I won't. I promise I won't. And he falls asleep for a bit. And then Amanda wakes him up, says it's dawn. It's time to go. Like they've, their plan has been to leaving the night while most people are sleeping apparently um Smart. so they they quietly 
wake every uh, wake all their people up that are wanting to leave and head for the front door and miss carmody and two other people are just awake sitting there with knives guarding the door and they don't want people to leave because they don't want to lose their blood sacrifices i guess so she says you can't go out it's against god's will haven't i proven myself over and over and over shown that i am his vessel she's drinking like from a glass uh like gallon of milk or pint of milk which i feel like is a a good little touch she's just like sipping on her milk being like haven't i proven that i'm god's vessel look at me the most normal milk drinking lady you've ever seen (laughs) milk is creepy let's just be completely honest milk is creepy we learned that and let the right one in you can't love milk. It's weird. It's weird. No, you can have milk in as an ingredient in other things. You can't have a glass of milk. No, under the right circumstances, I'll abide by some light milk drinking. But as a, an activity that, no. You can't have a 16-ounce glass of milk in you any scenario. You can't be drinking milk from the bottle. No, no. you I simply can't. No. Four to six ounces tops. Tops. <laughs> in a small, a short glass. <laughs> Yeah, for a very specific reason. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, <laughs> so she says, "Your sinners in pride. You refuse to bend to God's will." Uh, she's screaming at them now. Everyone's starting to wake up, and everyone's getting riled up. She's screaming, and she says, "the the the blood of the sacrifice must come from them. These pride, these prideful sinners." Uh, the sacrifice must come from then. And basically everyone on her side has gotten knives from somewhere around the store. So they all have big old knives. And she says, give us the boy. And no. Billy is in Amanda's arms and they start grabbing for Billy. Amanda's holding on to him. It's screaming everywhere. David is uh, fucking freaking out. And but there's a a group of people on him kind of fighting him, punching him, holding him back. And they can't get the boy. Amanda's holding on to Billy so tight they can't get him. And then Mrs. Carmody says, kill the woman too. the woman too. grab them both. They so they grab both of them and they're getting them away from the group. And they've got Amanda and Billy. And then a gunshot rings out and we see the glass of milk shatter and it goes into mrs carmody's stomach and we see ollie with the gun and everyone screams and backs up and ollie shoots her right between the eyes and she drops and dies (laughs) and billy gets to david every everyone is just like whoa drops back ollie's waving the gun at all of the religious fanatics being like back the fuck up back the fuck up and everyone backs off everyone backs off gun beats knife and beats knife (laughs) he's the only one with the gun so they're able to make it to the front door david says thank you ollie ollie says He's he's upset that he has just done this. He's like, there was no I didn't see any other way. I didn't know how I didn't want to kill her. I didn't want to do it, but I didn't see any other way. And he he's says, right about that. He's like, I know. That's why I said thank you. <laughs> yeah. Also, like she thought she was never going to die. So mm-hmm. it's a good way to prove that she's a liar to everybody at once. Really diffusing that threat. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it was the right call. It was the right call. 
it's getting light out. It's dawn now. So they, they run out. They're running to the car, a group of them, and they are getting picked off one by one. There's you know, like like 15 of them running out. So these are people we don't know. These are characters we don't know. Yeah, getting yeah, kind yeah, of we don't care. We don't care. No picked off into the air. But our main core crew makes it to the car. Um, and Ollie makes it there first and kind of turns to face everyone smiling like we made it. And at that moment, you see a really fucking big thing, like a four story high building to size thing, grab him uh, and whip him up into the air. And he gets, you know, ripped in half. His blood is pouring down and the gun flies down from he had the gun that flies down, lands on the hood of the car. And basically all that's left now that make it to the car are David, Billy, Amanda, Mrs. Repler, and Dan. So there's five of them that make it into the car. They close the doors. They're gathering themselves. It's silent now. It's They're looking around, seeing... Doesn't seem to be any, any creatures, any imminent threats at the moment. They're just sitting there in this moment of silence. And then David sees the gun on the hood of the car and opens the door to reach for it and Amanda and Billy just start screaming no David no no which is like don't scream you dumbasses like you could easily grabbed this gun quietly but I mean I guess Billy fine you're a kid but yeah yeah but they're all screaming making a ton of noise and so they're quickly uh quickly get a creature to drawn to them i think it's one of the bird ones again or maybe the spider i don't remember and it like smashes into the windshield but they're able to grab the gun turn the car on and drive away so it 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 falls off and it it doesn't chase them so these creatures are they like giant versions of earth creatures or do they like you said the one was like pterodactyl like they don't look like like our world just didn't get like enlarged by the mist, did no. it? Or no. No, they're all like one thing I will say is they're all fleshy. Like they all look Ew. like <laughs> they all look like they are the same like material. <laughs> like they're, <laughs> like they're all kind of purpley fleshy. Like even the spider, Ew, okay. the pterodactyl, the big ones. Like, none of them have feathers or scales or anything. Like, it's all just, just like, kind of purple flesh. Okay. It's interesting that, like, it's like a similar skin to um, the Quiet Place monster. Yeah. Yeah. Similar skin to a Demogorgon. Mm-hmm. This is creature skin. Creature skin. We're talking creature skin. We're talking creature skin here. Um. So, they are in the car. They are able to dry, start it up and drive off. First order of business, they go to David and Billy's house and quickly see his wife also encased in the spider web thing she is oh, dead oh no she is dead up in the in the right out front of the house and that's that's a really bad way to go that's a bad way to go but billy is thankfully asleep at this moment he's like on the course of the drive i guess you would that'd be your first time to maybe be able to relax so billy's sleeping so he doesn't see his mom, his mom's dead body, which we're thankful about, but everybody else does. They all kind of they look very sad. Uh, they decide, I guess, we'll just 
drive as far as we can. Did Andre Brower die at some point? We didn't see it happen, but him and a, and a group of people went out and never came back. That's right. He went with the people with the rope guy when the rope guy died. Yes. Yes. Okay. So we have. So, so we- it's possible that he also died. I actually am not sure if he died or not, but we did hear screams when they all left. So I guess it's likely that he died. Okay. But we didn't see it. Uh. So, yeah, they make a plan to just drive until they uh run out of gas drive as far as we can maybe we'll get out of the mist if we just keep driving so they drive and as they're on the little highway they see the biggest creature of all the behemoth is what it's called in the book oh novella the novella excuse me (laughs) and it's enormous, but it's so big that it like doesn't even notice them. It's just walking and it's it's just it's just huge. It's just giant, like Godzilla size. <laughs> but is it like a big lizard? It kind of almost looks like an elephant. Uh, we'll have to I'll have to sh- post some photos okay. of the, the, the various monsters because they're the creature design is cool, but also some of them look pretty funny, like the. The flies in particular, their faces look like, you know, that like Pixar or Disney animated movie that's like robots. They look like that to me. They're it's just like kind of like funny, almost animated looking faces. Mm -hmm. Um, But overall, the creature design is pretty cool and and creepy. And it's just fun that they're all different kinds of creatures. Like, I feel like that that's fun that each time it's like a new variation on these Mm -hmm. monsters so but so they see this fucking huge one and they're looking so like defeated and they're like we're so fucked like you just see them like looking (laughs) at each (laughs) they're like fuck they drive till they run out of gas they do not make it out of the mist Mm. they like hear creatures screeching in the distance everything is looking pretty bleak and david looks at the gun Opens the chamber, counts the bullets. They have four bullets. And he kind of looks around like, we've got four bullets. And Amanda starts crying. And she's like, there's five of us. Like, they're deciding that they want to commit suicide. And David is like, I'll figure something out. Like, basically volunteering that i will kill all of you and then die a horrible death (laughs) at the hands of a monster um and so they all kind of nod like they're all agreeing to this as they're just hearing the sounds of the creatures around them Mm. so he loads up the gun and cocks it and he's crying they're all crying and we see billy wake up and look at his dad for a moment, and then it cuts to outside of the car, and you just hear a gunshot, and then another, and then another, and then another. And then we go back inside the car, and David is just sobbing. Sobbing, sobbing, sobbing. Everybody is dead. Um, Holy it's really, shit! It's really sad. And his performance is good, and he is just like heaving that kind of Tony Collette and Hereditary cry. Oh my god! And so he opens the car door and starts screaming, come and get me! Like, come and fucking get me! 
and we like nothing's happening and he like drops to his knees again he's like struggling to like keep any sort of composure he's this is the worst fucking imaginable thing to happen and then we hear something in the distance coming closer to him and he looks and he's screaming like yeah like fucking kill me and it's a military truck and as it approaches, the mist starts no, no, disappearing. No, no. <laughs> and these are rescue trucks filled with survivors, and no, a bunch no, of them no. start passing by. And we see the woman from the beginning that had asked if anyone would help her to find her kids. We see her and her kids loaded in the back of this. And there's uh, military people on foot with guns kind of shooting at things. We hear creatures dying. There's like explosions happening and the mist starts clearing. And we basically just see that they're finally getting the, the upper hand and, um, have defeated the creatures and David even more than before drops to his knees and is fucking losing it and a military guy is like comes up to him and is you see him kind of looking at him like uh what the fuck what the fuck and he just screams and screams and screams and screams and that's the end of the movie oh no it's so bad. <laughs> oh. oh my god. Yeah, and I have to say that Jenna saw this movie not knowing what, what was going to happen and had plans afterwards and canceled her plans. <laughs> she, just, she just couldn't stop crying. She was like, I can't. I can't do it. That is so fucking brutal. Oh, it, my God. It's so brutal. And um, I'll also say that that is not how the novella ends. Um, and I don't know how the novella ends, but that was a Frank Darabont change that he made it end this way, which is very um, Walking Dead-esque. <laughs> I feel like Frank Darabont. Frank Darabont loves this shit of like... And so does Stephen King of just the human stuff always being the most upsetting, mo the scariest, the most disturbing of just. And I am fascinated by it as well of like what humans would do at the, you know, end of. Civilized society when when everything is gone, how would people react? And it's not going to be good. <laughs> Emily's a shell. She's just, she, we've lost her. She's dead behind the eyes. <laughs> She's just, oh. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's so bad. You feel really bad. I feel so bad. Because <laughs> yeah. it's also like, if it had been literally anybody else who made the choice to kill everyone, it would have been better. Like, at least. He would have died with his son. He has to deal with it. He just killed his son in like a minute later. It's immediate. He had, he had to shoot his son. It's like also very stressful to me that his son woke up at that moment and he still did it. Like, I feel like I would be like, okay, we'll wait till he falls asleep again. Like, I couldn't sh have that be my son's last moment of life is like my dad pointing a gun in my face. Like he has the, the son has, Billy has the moment of realization my dad's about to kill me. 
Like, I feel like that's so horrible. And I feel like as David, I wouldn't have been able to do that. I would have been like, okay, well, we'll wait. <laughs> we'll wait a bit. Get get Billy back to sleep first, because I'm not going to fucking shoot him while he's looking me in the eyes. But he does. <laughs> I wish you guys could see Emily's face. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. Yeah, it's it's uh, a very traumatizing ending of a film, which I presume is why you guys chose it. <laughs> and also, I was happy that Henley couldn't make this one. <laughs> Me too. Because we brought her back for old, a movie about a movie that involves a, a baby dying. And so God. we'll give her, I would try to give her a little break from children dying for as much oh as we God. can. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Wow. So that's the mist. That's the mist. Well. Feel good movie of 2007. This put me in a state. Yeah. What do you got going the rest of the day to, to, <laughs> to, to cheer you up? Got any pie left? I have some pie left, actually. Yeah. Good. You're going to need some yeah. pie after this. I might need some pie <laughs> right now. Wow, Sammy. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. That really did it. That really did it. Yeah. I'm sorry to ruin your day, Emily. I can tell this has been a tough one for you. Would you say that it is, um, uh, how do we rank it a a among the other bad ones, which were Event Horizon and, uh, what was it, Green Room? Which other one did you really have a bad reaction to? I had a really bad reaction to um, Evil Dead. Mm. Remember that? Mm -hmm. I just really didn't like it. I feel like there was another one in there, but um, we don't need to revisit it. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'm doing okay. I'm, sa I'm sad. Yeah, it's a sad one. I feel less like I wish I didn't exist and more just like, wow. Wow. You know? Yeah. A great note to leave the episode on. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Just I really a, am sorry. Let's do like a fun one um, next week. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, let's do some fun ones. Maybe our July bonus episode, oh, <gasps> August, I mean, can be oh, like horror comedies or something. <laughs> can do Shaun of the Dead. Oh, fuck. I love Shaun of the Dead. But thanks, listeners. Tony though, heads. I, I, I'm <laughs> I, no, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad to know. I guess I'm glad. Am I glad to know it? Yeah, it's a lot more than I thought it would be. Yeah, but now I know. And remember that it's two hours and nine minutes long. So Aye. it's not Aye. a not a not a quick one. Not a quick one. Mm. But Tony heads, we love you, we love and you. we will be back next month with more of that sweet sweet content. Hopefully less of this empty shell of a feeling that we were leaving you with today. <laughs> we'll try. <laughs> we'll try, but you know, that's horror movies, baby. Hey, that's show business, baby. Hey, that, hey, <laughs> hey baby, that's show business. Hey, baby, that's the name of the game. That's the name of the game. And we love you so much. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you like the show, 
Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a rating, a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can follow us on social media at TSDW Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And if one episode a week just is not enough for you, head on over to patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast to become a patron and receive all sorts of extra goodies from us, including bonus episodes, trailer reactions, and more. And no matter what, we will see you right here next week for another episode. We love you so much. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.